0: Hello and welcome to How About Them Huskers. My name is Will Nota Francesco and I'm joined, as I always am, by my grandpa, Husker Dan from Husker Max in the beautiful city of Omaha, Nebraska. Grandpa, how are you doing this fine Monday uh, evening, I guess. It's it's pretty late where you are, but how are you doing? Doing great. I,
1: we, we did this on tonight instead of Sundays because, A, the Huskers, Husker women played basketball yesterday and then the Super Bowl. So we wanted to give you, you know, up to date, uh, you know, our, our our poignant thoughts on both of those games. And we will do that a little bit. Uh, it was a great day yesterday. If you're a Husker fan and a Kansas City Chiefs fan, if you're not,
0: oh, yeah. it, um, probably <laughs> it
1: wasn't worth and it. And that Super Bowl was at times boring. I mean, there was nothing going yeah. on. Jeez. Yeah, that
0: first half was pretty boring, but uh, man, I mean, it, it, we got a good game in the end, and I, I, I yeah. think it, it kind of lived up to the hype a little bit at least. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about that later on if we have some time. Uh, but first thing we need to talk about: Holy cow! Good thing we waited. The Husker women upset number two Iowa at home, eighty-two to seventy-nine. They beat Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes. Um. Iowa had two chances to win this game, missed two or to to tie it with about 10 seconds left, missed both three pointers. Um, and Nebraska ends up winning this game. Biggest win of the season for the women's team by far. Uh, not even close. Of course, we were saying, oh, wouldn't it be nice last time they played and 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 Iowa beat Nebraska pretty badly while uh in uh in uh, Iowa. But uh I didn't I didn't watch this game because I was at church doing a couple other things uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl uh, I was following the score a little bit but grandpa you watch this game what are your what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah I the only two things that were in doubt for that and that game coming into that game was would Caitlin Clark get 30, get her 39 points that would she would uh, break the all-time D1 women's basketball scoring career record for scoring and the, and it wasn't if Iowa was going to beat Nebraska it was just going to be by how much and uh and then uh the fourth quarter happened and and Nebraska was trailing by 14 points so it it looked pretty pretty bad and Caitlin had 31 points going into the fourth quarter and they held her scoreless she did not score another point she had a couple of free throws in the third quarter and that was her last point and that was if you'd ask asked me to bet on that, I would have never, ever, ever done that. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Nebraska got its first lead in the game with 30 seconds to go, and Jazz Shelley nailed a three-pointer, uh, nothing but net. It was just a, such a sweet shot, 78-77. And then I said to uh, to grandma, uh, your grandma, uh, I said, wouldn't that be something if Nebraska could you know he you got a win here and and I, I was just like yeah wouldn't that be great like wouldn't I wouldn't it be great if I won the lottery you know yeah and and then they uh they did the uh the impossible that that many of us thought I mean I, it wasn't that I'm not sold on the girls but you get a a, a player of, of Caitlin Clark's caliber I mean my goodness this this lady is a great player and she's she's great. Uh, in more ways than just scoring she's a she just got her 1000th assist yesterday in that game i think that put her at at uh, 5 over 1000 uh, so she she's has 3000 career points and 1000 assists and, and that puts her in some elite category i'm not sure how that is uh, yep. and she's chasing she has another she has 8 points to go to, to get to to breaking the scoring title so I she'll get that next. Or oh, they play. Uh, uh, I think they play Wednesday night or something like that. I forget. But uh, yeah, that game so, will be on Peacock. By the way, I'll I'll be watching that.
0: Yeah. And, and, yeah, she'll break it. Uh, she In an interview after the game, she talked about how they. she got asked about, oh, how does it feel to be so close and, and not come up with a scoring record in the game? And she was like, well, we need to just stop blowing leads. She doesn't care about the record. She cares about winning. Right. Uh, and I feel like that's a sign of a true competitor. So uh, all respect to Caitlin Clark, but holy cow, is it fun to be a Husker fan for that game Oh, and just, and just upset sweet. Iowa. And that's a huge, huge win for them to get. Um, all right, before we move on, uh, to all the other things we got some husker softball to talk about we're going to go through husker football recruiting we got some news and then the super bowl as well uh just some quick reminders uh and and uh thanks we'll start with the thanks uh, and well actually we'll just one point of information this is the only husker podcast and podcast in general to my knowledge hosted by a grandson and grandfather team um and so we just want to thank you guys that have been listening have downloaded every single week uh share it with your friends share it with everybody uh, go out on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. Uh, go go subscribe to How About Them Huskers? Share it with your friends. Um, your enemies really too. It a lot, and and your enemies exactly, yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can email us if you have any questions, any thoughts, any uh, any any input at all. You can email that to HuskerDan at Cox dot net or H uh, B T H Podcast at ProtonMail dot com. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, but uh, all right, Grandpa, let's move into some softball talk here. Yeah, Jordy yeah. Ball yeah. is yeah. out of the lineup Means. with a knee injury right now. However, uh, the team is 2 and 2, and the two losses are to number 10 ranked Washington and number 9 ranked Duke. So uh, Nebraska's ranked number 15 last I saw. It'll definitely drop. Um, but, I mean, having those two losses isn't bad. Uh, they did get kind of schnockered by Washington. 8 uh, 0, I believe the was, game was called yeah. in five innings. Um, so having Jordy in there's not, I mean, having Jordy not in there, I should say is not, uh, a, a great start for the season. Uh, that kind of sucks for her, but as soon as she gets in there, um, hopefully she'll be back by big 10 play and all that kind of stuff. I don't know the extent of the injury, but, um, so w- w- we'll see, but. What are your thoughts on this first week in Husker softball? And of course, we thought this was going to be the unveiling of Jordy Ball and all this, but unfortunately, not. Uh, but what yeah, are what are all your thoughts with this, Grandpa?
1: It. I saw the play that she was injured, and she was she just had fallen. Uh, I think after a pitch, and uh, it was a freak accident. I mean, I don't. I, I was just before we went on air tonight. I was I was searching the internet trying to figure out you know, Husker Max and wherever, uh, find out what the latest was on her injury status. I can find nothing. I know they, they were down in Mexico. That was the, the weekend or the, yeah, the the long weekend uh, tournament they had down there. And then they were going to come back here and get her evaluated. So I thought we'd know something by airtime tonight, but apparently uh, that's either is not made public or they haven't, they don't, they don't know it yet. I don't know, but I'm, I mean, with all that hype, uh, she, she committed what last, uh, last spring, last summer, something like that. And that was like Dylan Riola coming to Nebraska or, or Britt Prince, or, you know, it was, it's, it's the generational player. And, uh, so we were so looking forward to her joining the, the Husker softball program that, uh, but it's that's just the nature of sports. That injury is just injuries are a part of it. And I just hope, and you know, for her sake, that she, you know, that she can bounce back. Um, and uh, and if not, then she'll <clears throat> she'll redshirt this year. I, I you know I, I hope that's not the case. I hope she can come back. But we want her to come back, but be hundred percent healthy. And that's that's what I think Rhonda Ravel, Re- the coach, is uh, is uh, cautioning too.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I just did it while you are talking there, Grandpa. I just did a quick search to see if anything else had broke in the time between when we started recording here, and there's been nothing. There hasn't been any updates since three days ago when she injured her knee, so uh, I hope to see her back in there soon, obviously. hope it's not that uh, bad uh, of an injury, Um, So, but it just really sucks for her that – this the hometown girl that came that came back and it meant so much to this Husker fan base and has been uh, as we were talking about last week. Got Dylan Royal, Jordy Ball, and Britt Prince soon to be on the same campus together. That is huge for Nebraska sports. And then it just sucks to see one of those pieces get injured like that, especially in the first game of the season. Um, but it does. If it, 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 it's a little bit positive in my mind that Nebraska didn't go zero four, as in they don't have anybody besides Jordy ball, uh, the Andrews sisters played pretty well. I think Billy Andrews had a home run against Duke. Uh, it was too little too late, too late for that game. Obviously they lost six, one, uh, against number nine Duke, but still, um, not a, a, a terrible start to the season with the way things kind of ended up with injuries and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you'd obviously like to see a little bit better showing against Washington and not get mercy ruled basically. And you have the game called in five innings. So, um, they play this week. I don't know who against specifically, um, but uh, we'll we'll talk about more of their st- results next week and and an update on the Jordy Ball injury um, for for you guys there. All right, uh, let's move on from some Husker softball. Uh, well, actually before we move on one quick thing, uh, Nebraska Husker softball is adding 500 new seats with backs and space for 500 more people for a capacity of around 3000 seats uh, in the stadium, which is huge. And they're going to draw huge crowds. I'm sure to those games. Um, so that that's going to be, that's going to be fun to, to watch and have just more people to be able to be there and cheer. You you add another thousand people. That's that's quite a bit or another 500, whatever it is. Um, so uh, anyway, all right. Let's move on to some Husker men's basketball. Um, two results we need to talk about here. Uh, well, actually, I, I technically three. Um, so we talk. I, I I don't think we talked about the February fourth loss to number fourteen Illinois. I could be wrong uh, about that. But uh, we'll we'll start with the February seventh on Wednesday, they played at Northwestern, lost eighty to sixty eight, twelve point loss. never really were close. It was always about a twelve point deficit for the second half. Um, and uh, that means Nebraska is still winless on the road in conference play outside of that K State game. Um, and, and that K-State wins looking, uh, worse and worse as K-State just keeps losing to these games. To be fair, K-State is in the big 12, so it does still mean something, but, uh, K-State has not been playing super great recently and has lost a lot of these games. So, um, however, K-State did beat number four, Kansas. So by, uh, the, the laws of the, whatever were, were determined during the college football season, the, uh, relative theorem or whatever we decided to call it of, uh, college football or sorry, college basketball in this case. Uh, math, uh, Nebraska is a better team than Kansas. Uh, I don't think that's true, but um, Grandpa, your thoughts on this midweek loss to Northwestern, uh, and then the win uh, at Pinnacle Make Arena by 20 over Michigan, uh, I believe two nights ago.
1: Yeah, the Michigan game was, was amazing. Nebraska, for 15 minutes of the first half, played probably the best. Basket. I don't know if any team could play any better than Nebraska did. I'm not saying they're the best team. I'm just saying that the intensity, the passes, the assists, the shooting, everything was just it couldn't fail. They were hitting on all cylinders, and it was. I stood there and my jaws like, who are these guys? Uh, and and they were they led. They you know Michigan. This is not vintage a <clears throat> vintage Michigan basketball team this year. I, I think everybody knows that but still it's Michigan and they have the same number of scholarships and they're in a competitive conference and they were up 30 points in the first half on, on Michigan. It was, it was, it was like, you know, this, this is, this makes no sense. Then they hung on to win by 20, which was good. They're playing at home. They're they're The only team to beat them is Creighton and that was in yeah. uh, the conference. Uh, and it's just, but then, as you said, they go to, they go to, Illinois and they they take them to overtime and that was that was really their best maybe road game of, of the year but they still lost and they're still 0 for whatever uh, on, on the on the road it's just it's just too bad there's a, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde approach they just go from being savagely great at home and it's like what happened to these guys on the road if if Fred Hoiberg and the players going to figure out how to take that same intensity on the road. Man, look out. They're going to be a tough team to beat.
0: Yeah, no kidding, and, and and we talked about this last week with the NCAA tournament, all that. I Nebraska is now projected 11 seed in the NCAA tournament, playing uh, as projected. Colorado State, which would be kind of fun for me, living in Fort Collins, the town that Colorado State is in. Uh, watch, I, I've I've gone to a couple of their games this year. They're a, a, a decent team, but I think Nebraska might be able to beat them if they bring that energy um, coming into the that they bring coming to the home games. So we'll see. Uh, but they just, they're just they going to have to travel. Uh, their offense, defense, that motivation is going to have to travel for Nebraska from home. And it hasn't really, besides that Illinois game, uh, it hasn't really done that. But the good news is it seems like Nebraska really gets up for these big games against good teams. So I'm not really worried. I mean, NCAA tournament's still a month a month and a little bit out, a month and a week and a half maybe out. Uh, but... Never too early to look at it. And I I think Nebraska has a decent chance of getting past the first round and getting their first NCAA tournament win. Um, So that would be big. Uh, The Michigan game was Michigan. I think I said last week that Michigan's always decent. They are not decent this year at all. They're garbage. Uh, It it just been a a really atrocious this year after Hunter Dickinson transferred out and went to Kansas. Um, He was basically their only player. Um, So, Michigan is bottom of the big 10 this week, Nebraska men's team plays uh, on the 17th. So that is Friday. I believe Uh, they're playing at home versus Penn state, who is the second worst team in the big 10. So (laughs) things could not stack up better for Nebraska. However, knock on wood um, that we won't lose this one because Nebraska, the men are three wins away from 20 wins on the season. That would be huge, huge, huge. We talked about it last week, huge for the program, huge for Freddie Hoiberg and his boys. So, Hopefully that happens. Hopefully that uh, is down to two by the next time we talk with you guys uh, next week on Sunday. But uh, from there, uh, any final thoughts on Husker men's basketball, grandpa, before we move on to some football talk?
1: No, I, you know, we've talked about uh, the uh, girls basketball and that's awesome. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm excited. This is coming down. Both these teams are, you know, like on the bubble you know, to get in the NCAA tournament and it would be great if they both do, man, that would be awesome. And what a, what a thing for Amy Williams and Fred Hoiberg, Fred. Oh yeah. Fred is never, and his, this is his fifth season. He's never had a winning record. Yeah. They, I think they, uh, they had a, uh, I think they're at 500 in last year. And so this yeah, that sounds a right. Great, great thing for, for him. And I really like Fred Hoiberg.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, Nebraska's already secured an above 500 season on the year, I believe. Um, So, that, nothing to really yeah, worry yeah. about there, but still uh, really great for just the progression. of We, we kind of knew that this was hopefully going to happen with Fred Hoiberg. We kind of saw the trajectory and were hoping it wasn't a Scott Frost thing of, oh, just give him one more year, just give him one more year, and then, and then it would just continue to fall yeah. off a cliff. But, no, he's shown steady progression um and and he's just kind of found a good group of guys that he can just go with, and he's recruited well and the transfers coming in have been great. uh Bryce Williams and uh, rank Mast have just been awesome for for uh it, for Nebraska this year. so
1: the thing that i've I've noticed you look at, at Nebraska's team, you know, it's not filled with you know five star players. I mean, but it seems like the sum of the parts is better than any. Uh, they're, they're better than the sum of their parts. And I, I don't know why that is. That is, uh, you know, the talent level I think is okay, but they seem to play so well together as a team. And that's a, that's a testimony to the players, obviously and to, to Fred Horberg and his staff.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely, and 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 you're right. They do play better as a team, and they've played better overall uh, just this year. So it's just been fun to watch, honestly, and and just kind of a Nebraska football's gone. And it, it, what it used to be was oh, there's kind of just like a time that we have to just wait and talk about really nothing super exciting and now it's well both these teams getting in the tournament we can have stuff to talk about all the way into the end of end of March basically with sports and then move on into the summer and start talking more football and um so it's just nice to have that other component as well speaking of football um we'll start with the NFL a little bit not the Super Bowl yet uh, we'll just talk about a former uh Husker running back and really probably the first guy that I remember watching play for Nebraska. I remember loving just watching him play. I I have a signed photograph of his in my room that you got me, grandpa. And uh, it's, it's Rex, Bur- Rex Burkhead. He's announced his retirement from uh, football after 10 years in the NFL. Uh, he was a great player at Nebraska. He rushed for 3,329 yards and 30 touchdowns during his time here. Uh, and then in the NFL, um, he rushed for 3,442 yards over his 10 year career. Um, and he had 26 touchdowns in the NFL, 507 receiving yards for five touchdowns. There he played for the Patriots, Bengals, and Texans. Um, I believe he won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, so he's got a Super Bowl ring, and uh, just a great player over, overall. Just super fun to watch. Just works really hard, and uh, he didn't actually exactly turn out as well as some people thought he would in the NFL, but still 10 year career and running back is hard to do and to win a Super Bowl is just the, the that's the peak and he played the Super Bowl and and had some meaningful touches so um your your thoughts on on Rex Burkhead leaving the uh leaving football grandpa I
1: had the chance of meeting him and his parents and uh, and Jack Jack Hoffman who is the uh, the kid yep. who was your age and uh who was suffering from pediatric brain cancer and uh uh it was it was really special. I asked his, uh, I think I asked his mom how, you know, why Rex, because he's from Plano, Texas. How, how, why did he, why did he come to Nebraska? And it was all the right reasons, you know, that he wasn't promised anything. Uh, He, they said, if you work hard, you're going to start and you'll be a great player for us, but we can't promise you anything. And that was, I think the honesty is, is what, uh, what led them to, to come to Lincoln. But I'm, I remember the touchdown he made against Ohio State when Nebraska oh, yeah. came back from I don't know how many points down. Was it twenty? I think it was twenty-one, down? I think. Yeah. Twenty-one. And it yeah. was just when he when he it was a it was a pass, a little flare pass. And I and I saw that once he caught that, there was nobody in front of him. So and the and the people, the crowd, they knew that too. And uh and he just raced into the end zone. But I don't think you could say uh, you know somebody who has had a bigger heart than than Rex Burkhead. had. He was he was a great player. A lot of great running backs at Nebraska. I don't mean to diminish them, but but uh, yeah, I just I'm sure it was time to hang it up. And and uh, he he's, he doesn't have to hang his head. He's had a great career in college and and in the NFL and picks up a Super Bowl ring. Uh, that's that's not a bad day's work
0: or a career work. No, it's not. That's for sure. That's for sure. And yeah, as you're saying, like, I, I remember watching that game, uh, or at least maybe highlights. I forget when, because I would have been about, let's see, like four or five at the time of that game. Um, but I, I just remember watching him play, uh, and, and, just, he was kind of the first guy, uh, for Nebraska that I really, besides Taylor Martinez, uh, that I really like locked onto. And I was like that, like, that's he's so fun to watch. I love Nebraska football. I love watching Rex Burkhead play for Nebraska. And I'm sure a lot of people have the same kind of memories that I do uh, watching him play on, on uh, Saturdays and, and then again on Sundays and just being like, Hey, that, that guy went to Nebraska. I remember watching him in college. And so, uh, but yeah, I was just saying nothing to hang his head about at all. Uh, he it, as a as a side note, he hasn't played an NFL game since 2022. So my guess is he probably just thought about it this year and was on a team and then, and then kind of saw the writing on the wall a little bit, but uh, of course, 10 years is a very long career for an NFL running back and and to just stay in the league that long. That's a feat uh, that, that very few people accomplish. So uh, props to him, props to his family, props to Bo Pelini and all his coaches that um, that helped him become the player he was. Um, so yeah, just, just really great guy. And, and just kind of the the face in Nebraska football, at least in my mind for about four years there. And and then, uh, and then on the NFL and can't think of a better guy uh, from Nebraska. I'd like to get it, uh, I'd like to uh, for him to get a Super Bowl ring, I guess. Um, All right, moving on from that, uh, we're gonna do a little recruiting uh, roundup. Basically, Uh, we got Grandpa's broken this down into a couple of different sections. So uh, we're gonna go by position first, just number of recruits. Um, so I'm going to read these off and then we can talk about it here, grandpa uh, quarterback. We got two. That's Danny Kalen, Dylan Rella, of course, running back zero. Uh, we've talked about that a little bit. We'll talk about this that. Is, this is in not including
1: transfers. We did Correct. pick up this a is, transfer for running back. Yes.
0: Yes. And we will get to the transfers in a minute. This is not including, including transfers. Thank you for adding that. Uh, wide receiver. We got five tight end, three offensive lineman, six, that's 16 total uh, recruits. Um. Front on the offense, on defense, two defensive linemen, two linebackers, nine DBs for a total of 13. And then, of course, special teams, the one punter. So that brings our twenty-four, two 2024 signee total to 30. That's just high school kids. Uh, we got a couple legacy players in there. Or I should say a few. Uh, Caleb, Be- Caleb Benning from Omaha Westside. His dad, Damon, of course, played for Nebraska. Uh Quinn Clark, a wide receiver from Montana. His dad, Ken, played for the Huskers. Uh, Camden uh, Cook, uh, the punter, of course, his dad, Sam Cook, uh, punted in the NFL, punted for Nebraska. Uh, Dylan Rola, of course, quarterback, Dominic Rola, his father. Um, and and then Keelan Smith from Missouri. His dad, Neil Smith, played for the Huskers as well. Um, and then uh, by rankings, uh, like star rankings, 1-5 uh, star, 6 Four stars and twenty-three three stars for a total of again three players. So, um, your thoughts on those kind of numbers I just read out there, Grandpa? I know we got some players from Nebraska um, in in the class as well. We'll get to them in a second, but your thoughts just on kind of position-wise, how you, how balanced you feel the class is, uh, and, and how you kind of feel is that feel about it as a whole.
1: I think there's some diamonds there that, uh, we won't really know. I, I, I don't. Right. I'm not, but you gotta like Garrett Nelson. You gotta like Dylan Royola, You gotta, you have to love some of these players in there in in that class. Um, and, and I think Nebraska, let's see how many, uh, we got eight players from the state of Nebraska. Yeah. And, and those are pretty dang good ones. Caleb Benning, uh, Davon Hall out of Bellevue West, uh, Eric Ingerson, he's a tight end out of Papillion La Vista. Donovan Jones, he's he could be a receiver. I I saw him make a one handed catch in the in the playoffs this, this last fall. Amazing player. Danny Kalen uh, from Bellevue West. Uh, Isaiah McMorris also from Bellevue West. Um, and uh, and you got Ashton Murphy from Elkhorn South. Carter Nelson, uh, we were just talking about him from Ainsworth High. And so that you got to keep these star players as many of them as you can, keep them in the at, at Nebraska, keep them in state. And that's what uh, so far, I think I think uh, Matt Rule's done a great job of doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. You got to get the best players in your state. Carter Nelson hands down the best player in the state rankings wise at least. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's a pretty solid class for Nebraska. That one five star, of course, being Dylan Rowe, as every every Husker fan knows and will know till the end of time. Um. And uh, but but still, to get six four stars is huge. Um. And, and then the rest of the class being three stars, that's that's pretty big. Um. So it, it it's just kind of been a really good recruiting class. Matt Rule really has his. He, he knows his way around the recruiting uh, area of football, which is so helpful. Uh, Nebraska is ranked uh, number sixth in the Big Ten um, per uh, Cornhusker Wire. Uh, and then uh, as of Husker 247 Sports, they are 23rd in the nation behind Colorado, which hurts a little bit considering that they crashed and burned. Uh, it still seems like Dion has quite the poll, but I think that uh, Nebraska will eventually uh, pull ahead. And I think they're already in a better place than Dion is. So uh, 23rd might be a little low in my mind, but still sixth in the big 10. And that's including Oregon, USC, UCLA, all those schools. Um, So I'm not surprised that Nebraska sixth uh, there, but uh, as I said, just a really solid recruiting class. Um and adding in the transfers, we'll go over those real quick. These are the guys we've talked less about before actually, before we get into transfers, I do want to say we added uh, one uh, one more uh, recruit on signing day, the the original old school signing day, of course. Now his name is Keona white or or will Height. sorry, he's six five two forty, three star. Edge rusher from Tucson, Arizona. He originally was committed to Washington. And then, of course, Kalen DeBoer leaves, goes to Alabama. So, uh, he, Will High went to Nebraska instead. So, that's a big get for for Nebraska. I think he's going to be better than a three-star player. uh, But just get another guy on defense. That's huge. Uh, All right. Transfer-wise, there's only six of these guys. um, But... I'll I'll read the guy's name, where they're transferring from, position, uh, if we have it, and then how many years of eligibility they have left. So uh, starting at the top here, we got Jamal Banks as a wide receiver coming from Wake Forest. He he has one year of eligibility left. Uh, This is the running back that we were talking about beforehand or referenced beforehand, Dante Dowdle. The running back from Oregon, he's got three years of eligibility left. That is huge. Uh, He was a former four-star recruit. Uh, Of course, Bly Hills, a DB from St. Francis. Uh, he has three years left. Uh, Micah Mazkua, Muz- I believe is how you pronounce that. He's an offensive lineman. He's from Florida. It, it rhymes with bazooka. Mazooka. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn that yeah. one. Uh, it's like Hutmacher. Huttmarch- uh, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, he's from Florida. He's got one year of eligibility left. He's an offensive of lineman, as I said. Uh, and then Isaiah Nayer from Texas. Uh, wide receiver he's got one year of eligibility left and finally steven Thom- thompson from syracuse he's got two years of eligibility left and then we had 15 total walk-ons uh, at nebraska which is huge the walk ons of course have a whole tradition at nebraska but um overall grandpa now that we've kind of read through rankings and and everything this class is solidified including the transfers of course, we're never going to know specifically until we see them on the field. Transfers are a little bit different, but how are you feeling about the trajectory of Matt Rule's recruiting classes? We have two to compare. We have last year's that he kind of had a scramble to put together and keep some right. of those guys, uh, and then this one where he really had time to have the whole recruiting process uh, and kind of show them what's going to happen, what's happening at Nebraska recently. So, what are what are your thoughts on 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 this recruiting class?
1: I, you know, as you said, it's we won't know until these. Kids, you know, get in game situations and find out how good or not so good they are. But as far as this class goes, if I were to give a, a score for this, 1 to 10, uh, you know, I might say it's a 7 or an 8, maybe an eight, eight, 85 or 8.5, something like that. I I don't know. We just don't know. I, I think we we fill some key areas, and that's what you have to do. And that was the transfer portals are, of course, designed for that. Yes. They want to fill those holes and they don't want to wait. But I'm just I'm really anxious to see how these kids from Carter Nelson and Dylan Royola, how they pan out. And Caleb Benning is, a, you know, he's recruited as an athlete, uh, as are several other players. Uh, you know, you don't know where they're going to end up. They're going to play in the secondary as a safety as cornerback. Or are they going to be a receiver, special teams player, returner? Because with Matt Rule, they may get a chance to, you know, play different positions, and that's that's the other thing that's going to be really exciting to to uh, to see unfold is where these kids, what positions they end up playing. Um, uh, As I said, Donovan Jones, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a receiver. I saw him make a one-handed. Catch a fade route in the corner of the end zone to beat—I forgot who it was—one of the Millard teams. Just a great, great catch—an NFL catch. That's that's what you that's what you call it. So yeah. it'll be interesting. I, I don't know. Uh, and then we have fifteen walk-ons.
0: Yeah. They're—I
1: they're, they're, think they call them now preferred walk-ons because, uh, though, you know, they're they're accelerated to become scholarship players, but with NIL. Will I think that you look at things a lot differently? These kids can yeah. come there, and maybe they don't get all their tuition paid for, but maybe it's a lot of it. And then maybe they get on scholarship. Uh, right now, they're they're probably at least 15, 16 over the eighty-five scholarship limit. But yeah. with NIL, I think that that clears the way for a lot of kids to come in and and uh, and and as I said, get get some of their tuition paid.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, and as you said, those three words sum it up, the recruiting class, just I don't know. Because we don't know, honestly. We can sit here and speculate all day about how good this class is going to be and how good Dylan Rowe is going to be. But as soon as we see them on the field playing actual games against Big Ten opponents, we're not going to know how good this team actually is. And the bar is even higher now for how good this team has to be with Oregon, USC, and UCLA uh, joining the Big Ten, of course. So, um we'll we'll see in this coming season it's going to be a long wait it's going to feel long but hopefully grandpa and i talking with you guys every week will make it seem faster uh hopefully that was a good rundown a good uh helpful rundown of the recruits and kind of just a refresher as to where nebraska is on that path uh we will touch more on the actual nebraska uh, football and that kind of stuff uh later but um Let's talk about some Super Bowl stuff for Grandpa. Did you have one thing, one more thing you yeah, wanted to add? Yeah, I'm well. going
1: gonna, gonna to see, I'm going to go to an event that Tony White is the speaker. This is Thursday night, so I'm going to get some up-and-close uh, time with, with Tony, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. People were speculating that he, of course, and people who don't know, he's the defensive coordinator for Nebraska, and speculation that he was, with the departing of of Chip Kelly, He's going to Kelly's oh he's going to be the offensive coordinator for Ohio State. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> that opened up the UCLA head coaching job and that already was filled I think today. So Tony's not going to be going to that which is should be good news for for Husker fans and and but some somebody's going to be smart enough to snatch him up and and uh and in the NFL or get a head coaching job and, college uh but i'll definitely we'll be be able to talk about that next week i'm excited to to meet him and it's gonna be fun but yeah that's great yeah super bowl
0: yeah yeah definitely let's yeah definitely so we'll we'll bring you that tony white thing as well uh next week that's awesome um all right yeah super bowl real quick uh we got a little bit of time left here um so if you didn't watch it uh the it went into overtime second super bowl ever to go into overtime the chiefs won uh, 20, what was it? 25, 22, 25, 22. Um, and the, uh, Patrick Mahomes threw a little, just a, a flare out, I guess, kind of that same kind of Rex Burkhead play, uh, to, to win it, uh, to McCole Hardman, uh, in overtime, just really kind of uncovered. It was really easy touchdown. It's a very, uh, common play that you see in a goal line uh in a goal to go situation for teams that just need a touchdown you just kind of throw it to the outside and they can catch it and run it in um so uh what were your overall thoughts on the game grandpa obviously you were cheering for the chiefs i was cheering for the 49ers i thought it was a pretty good game anyway we said it was kind of boring a little bit at times but yeah uh, if you were to give me your opinion in about a minute what do you what do you got
1: well the the big Play in I think it in affected the entire outcome of that game. I believe is a missed extra point when Kansas yes. or when uh, uh, San Francisco uh was they were they were they were leading ten to six over Kansas City, I believe, and then they got a touchdown. When and if you kick the extra point, they're up by seven points. But but the. Guy, he, that's the only uh, extra point he's missed all season long. He was like 78 for 78 or something. It's yeah. some crazy thing like that. And he missed it. And, and Kansas City got a hand on the ball, and, you know, so they earned it. It wasn't necessarily that he missed it, but he did miss it. And that made the, the, the chase for you – know, instead of having to go for a touchdown – you know, you all you have to do is kick a field goal because Kansas City got one at thirteen, and then they tied it at sixteen, and then uh, San Francisco went up nineteen to sixteen, and all you, you got to do is just trade field goals. You know, you're not chasing yep. that that extra point. And the, uh, San Francisco made a that was a that, that and to me that that was a huge huge play in that game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and watching that live, um, I was watching with my fr- friends and, and some family and, uh, we kind of just saw them. We're like, Oh, that's big. It's only a three point game. And, and, and then even when San Francisco, Jake Moody's their kicker, he's a rookie from Michigan. Uh, so a big 10 guy, um, that, he, I mean, he, it makes it a little bit bittersweet, I guess. Um, but, uh, when he missed that kick and then, he made, he he made one with a minute 57 left to put up the 49ers by three on uh, 19 to 16. And everyone that I was watching with turned, we we all turned each other. That's that's way too much time for Patrick Mahomes to work his oh, magic. Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, but just really, of course we were right. And he ended up going down and tying the game. They almost said they almost won it, honestly. Um, and uh, they just made some plays. The 49ers Brock Purdy couldn't really do anything in the third quarter. Uh, and that really was the difference. Uh, there's there's been some stuff about the 49 Niners not knowing about the overtime rules and that kind of stuff. But I'm just going to leave that up to. They just at, went for the wrong choice and like on the coin flipping overtime. But all right, well that is all the time we have today. We will talk to you guys next week with that Tony White update, with more Husker football stuff, with softball and both basketball team updates, as well as whatever news breaks during the week. Um, Grandpa, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, and we will be back next week. As I said, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everyone about the show. We will talk to you next week, as I've said three times now. So you better t- tune in next week. I don't want keep repeating it. Uh, but as always, Go Big red.